This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, guys, before we get started, want to give a shout out to Sexy Pizza, which we have at every single tailgate these days. 13 years in the Denver community, Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets. Hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. Choose your own adventure with one of their wide range of toppings or try their signature philanthropies. A portion of each sale from these five specialty pies are donated to a bunch of different nonprofits right here in Colorado. It's pretty awesome. You can go 12, 16, or 18-inch crust. And if you haven't tried it down at one of these DNVR Broncos tailgates, you got to come check it out. But, man, they've got this, like, green chili pizza that is just it. out of this world. Um, so check out Sexy Pizza uh, and uh, and enjoy their delicious Colorado pies. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two girls out to Zach Mace at the bar. Three for Mr. B. Couple with brick, brew and a friend bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. All right, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. You know the drill. MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other college or institution. So if you're looking for a place to Further your education while working a full-time job. They are the place for you. And then if you, if everything works out, you'll end up with a better full-time job after you get a great and useful degree from MSU Denver. So msudenver.edu slash online to scope out all they have to offer. My boy, Ryan, what's up? We feeling a little better today after yesterday? Nope. Oh, okay. okay. No, nope, yeah, not at all. Yeah, yeah. So the Sunday scaries turned into Monday Mightmares? Monday murder vibes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it feels like a lot of people in Broncos country want to murder someone today. Yeah, it does feel that way. And we're going to talk about this um, and really go through and grade each position group, each coach, which Mm -hmm. I find to be the most interesting portion of this. But it does feel like we've reached a crossroads here, Zach. And... I think that basically, I don't know. I think that Vic Fangio and his staff have already lost a lot of people. And I think that if they don't get the job done this week, they won't have any supporters left. No, I I agree. And then also... And that might apply to the locker room as well. It very well could. And then, Ryan, you only have four days until you... Everything goes completely off the rails after that because, of course, the Broncos play the Browns on next Thursday night. And if they beat... The Raiders this week, maybe there's a glimmer of hope for that game. If they don't beat the Raiders, everyone's going to be out, including the locker room, like you said. And then, Ryan, you have a long weekend to make some changes, whether that's at the quarterback position, whether that's at different position groups, or if that's at coaching. 
even if they lose these next two games, I don't think it's Vic Fangio that's being changed. But Pat Shermer, Tom McMahon, I don't think it's going to be Ed Donatel, but those two guys could really be on notice that Friday. That's pretty crazy to think about. Um, after 3-0. and After 3-0, and and it sucks because the, the Broncos had a really great opportunity, really at any point in the last two weeks, to show, hey, that was not a fraudulent 3-0 and start. Yep. We are a legitimate football team, and they had the whole city behind them. Mm-hmm. They had everyone believing, everyone wanting to defend them, and, give, and they wanted a reason to defend them. Yep. And they just went and laid two absolute eggs. Like, you can't even say, like, oh, a couple. Like, they just laid eggs straight up, especially on the offensive side of the football. And now no one wants to defend them. No one can defend them. They're indefensible at this point. Um, so. Because there's that counterpunch, Ryan, of, oh, well, they, they did look good in those first three games. They did go 3-0. and But then there's a counterpunch now of, Against nobody's. I mean, heck, they can't even beat the one and three Pittsburgh Steelers who look like they don't know what running the ball is. And Ben Roethlisberger looks like his arm has fallen off. Yeah. They can't even beat that team. Right. And and so there's nothing you can really say. Although it's funny, those Steelers did beat those Bills. Yes, <laughs> beat the Chiefs 38 to 20 <laughs> yes. last night. Kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. Uh, but it goes back to what I always say. Whenever something surprises you in the NFL, it usually has to do with game plan. Mm. Um, when, when something shocks you it's because one team came in with a good game plan and one team came in with a bad game plan and even good coaches sometimes have bad game plans um so that Steelers Bills game from the beginning of the season probably Mike Tomlin's a great coach yes yeah uh, he surrounds himself with other great coaches they came in with a great game plan they also it was kind of a weird game where the Bills took control early and felt like maybe they took their their foot off the pedal a little bit but that's the, that's the opposite. That's exactly I should say. That's exactly what happened yesterday. We were surprised. All of us yep. picked the Broncos to win. Why? Because the Broncos had a trash game plan and the Steelers had a competent one. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. On all levels of the ball, Ryan. Yep. Offense, defense, uh, and it, just also the additional part of coaching, which is getting your guys ready to go. Mike Tomlin. I don't think he ever has a problem with that, or most times doesn't. Vic Fangio. The slow starts have been here since he's got here. And, Ryan, in the Pat Shermer era, you know how many uh, opening drive touchdowns the Broncos have? This dates over a full year of football. I'm going to say one. Zero. Oh You're too generous. My. Zero. Oh, right, because it goes Pat, back to It goes back 24 games. <laughs> yeah. But how crazy is Bro. that? Oh. And those, those, what's even crazier about that is shouldn't you just kind of luck into one of those? A player falls down and your guy's yes. wide open. Uh, and then on top of that. A kick. Oh, God. I on, guess that doesn't count. On top of that, Ryan, these are supposed to be your best plays. These are your scripted plays. These are your saying these are what we're good at. These are the plays that I find to work well. And, and we, they don't. And we grew up on Mike Shanahan and Gary Kubiak. And those guys are like the kings of the script, yeah, you know? Yeah. Them, actually, you, you couldn't make any like any uh, blanket statements after the first drive of the game, because you always expected them to just go out there, put it, put together an incredible drive. And then you'd say like, you'd be saying like, all right, well, let's see if they can keep right. it rolling after right. this with like right. Brian greasy or, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. Um, so now it's the opposite. How quick can we get off the script and see if our guys can make plays? Basically. I mean, <laughs> yeah. when the only time you ever score is in the fourth quarter down <laughs> two, two, three scores, yep. it is like throw the whole script away and just tell the quarterback to go make some plays. That's when drew Locke was at his best last yep. year. That's when Teddy Bridgewater yep. was at his best yesterday. Yep. 
So, all right, let's get into this because I could rant on <laughs> on Pat Shermer all day. Well, we're gonna be talking we'll, about we'll, him in just yeah. a second. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get around to him. Uh, let's start though with the quarterback and grade Teddy Bridgewater thus far. Um, obviously, out of five games, he's played four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, to me, you've got three good games. Yep. Um, and then one half bad game, and then three quarters of a bad game. So you're one and a half or one in one quarter bad. And the rest has been pretty good. Knowing what we knew about Teddy Bridgewater coming into the season, I'm going to, you know, I think you have to grade him on that scale, not on the, did you see Josh Allen last night? scale? Because <laughs> right. if you grade him on that scale, yeah. you're going to have a really bad time knowing what he is and what you expected him to be coming into this season. I'm giving him a B right now. Oh, a B. I'm going to be more generous because since we are grading on a curve here with Teddy, I'm going to go A minus because I think he's exceeded everyone's expectation, even with those bad couple of quarters in there. But he's on pace for career highs in almost every category. What's he on pace for? Like 24 touchdowns and four interceptions, three and a half interceptions. Yep. And when I say I'm grading him on what I what I know he knew he was coming in, I'm not saying like. I don't know how to explain this. I have to, I can't just give him an F because he's not up to par with even any other quarterback in the division. Right. But I also can't give him an A because I know that the quarterback play we've seen so far isn't good enough to make you a playoff team. Um, Is it though? No, because of the third downs and third downs aren't his fault because again, all roads (laughs) could lead back to Pat Shermer if I want them to today. They're average, they, they averaged third and eight yesterday. That's wild. The, and then on top of that, not only was it bad yesterday, Ryan, they have the NFL's worst third down complete c- conversion, 28%. I, I need confirmation on this because I've now seen it from two different sources saying the Broncos are averaging over eight, eight, eight yards per third down this season. This season. Yes. So what the what they're saying is the Broncos either convert a first down on first or second down, or they just don't get it at all. They just punt. Well, they're converting on like twenty seven percent of third downs yep. right now. Yeah, it's none so of the worst. It's absolutely atrocious, and it's mostly not his fault, but it is some his fault. And you just need a quarterback who can make those plays. I mean, look at the Bills last night. Like they don't care about third and eight. The Chiefs on normal nights, they don't care about third and eight. Mm-mm. This season's a little bit different for them, but it's it's not good enough from that standpoint, and it, and it still hasn't been good enough in the red zone. So because of that, and the only reason I'm asking is I've heard people say this, because you're in third and eight all the time, does that mean it's time for Drew Locke? No. Because, okay, good, good, good. good. I mean, <laughs> what are we doing here? And I completely agree with you. I just had to get that out of the way. Make sure that's not what you're pushing for. But, Ryan, uh, what did you expect Teddy Bridgewater when he was named the starter? What grade did you expect to give him five great, five games into the season? B. So he, he's lived right up to your expectations. I guess. I mean, I should give him a little bit of – I don't know. Maybe I, he, I owe him more. He's seven touchdowns to one interception right, right. now. Um, but, he, you know, he's completing about 70% of his passes. Yeah. Um, he's averaging what, what is it? 240, 250 yards a game. Yep. All that stuff is, is good, but it's more about how it feels. 
the Broncos don't – and this is recency bias because after the first three games, it, it felt completely different. But these last two games, it doesn't feel like he has what it takes to – be the guy in big moments yeah that's fair and I think right now if you were to look across the AFC you would say he's still the worst quarterback in the AFC and it probably isn't close obviously we know the top two are are Mahomes and Herbert some may put Herbert up above Mahomes right now but then you have Derek Carr and then you have Teddy Bridgewater and I don't think unfortunately Teddy's really going to be able to do anything to take him out of that conversation of fourth. So I, I see where you stand. I probably would have had expectations of a B minus quarterback at the beginning of the season. Now I'm putting him right at about a 90%. So he he's right at that high B, low A for me. Uh, so I have been really impressed with Teddy. And like you said, he's on pace to, to have career highs and everything. But yesterday, the first three quarters weren't good enough, Ryan. Not, not good enough at all. Uh, but there's so much other stuff that goes into this. And that's why I'm curious if the rest of the offense, when we give these grades out, is, is going to tank this offense. Yeah, and I think the biggest problem comes from the top. And, you know, it's funny because there are people in our – I wish they were hearing this today. It's an audio-only pod today. But there's people in our YouTube comment section yesterday saying, how do these guys not understand that Shermer is the, uh, Shermer is the reason why Drew Locke wasn't good and Shermer's now the reason that's – and it's like – Bro, I was hammering Shermer last year too. <laughs> right. So I'm not I didn't let him off the hook. I didn't all of a sudden realize that he was the problem right. when it wasn't working out for Teddy the last two weeks. I've always known that Pat Shermer was the problem. It was very clear early on last season that he's not very good at feeling out games. He's not very good at getting his quarterback into a rhythm and he's very not good at getting the team into short third downs and he's really not good at the script either and those are all very important things for an offensive coordinator i mean is he the worst at the script the staff ever? would absolutely say so yeah right don't they, isn't this a record right is now is it a record 24 straight? i believe 24 oh, straight games yikes. without an opening drive touchdown is an nfl record because teams fall into them yes <laughs> how do you not have like how did you not have a shot play that hit from yeah. the script. Yeah, yeah. How about just a Noah Fant uh, end around that goes for a touchdown? I don't know, but I do believe that the Broncos are averaging third and eight right now. Wow. Um, I, I've seen that from enough places. I, and I, Ryan, I'm no trying to look it up, but I can't find No the wonder you source. can't have success. No one can have success in that. No, not you, consistently. You can maybe expect to convert one or two third and eights in a game, but you – Absolutely, when you come come into the week, should be expecting to average under third and five. Yeah. Because, Ryan, when you look at it like that, that's only two and a half yards on first and second down. That's yep. it. You know what's funny? Is the Broncos are averaging as a team 4.3 yards per carry. Then just hand it off. <laughs> but well, that's what he did. That's what he did. And it, it's all <laughs> – I just – that's it's what – It's the feel. It's about feel. Yeah. It's about – Knowing what the de- what you think the defense thinks you're going to do mm-hmm. and doing something different, but making them think you're going to do that. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. Um, so if, they, if, if, if you think that they think that you're going to run the ball, <laughs> then run play action. Right. You know what I mean? Make them think you're giving them what they want. So then what you're saying is the Broncos, the rest of the offense, or the entire offense, isn't good enough to dictate what they want. They're not on that level yet. 
They certainly aren't. Right. Um, they can't, you know, there's a, only a few teams that can do that as a run first team. You know what I mean? So actually, I think there's maybe only, eh, you could probably put the Vikings in that category. I've seen them really dictate a game by running the ball. Uh, but the Browns are about the only one who just goes up and says, like, you know what we're running. Try and stop it. Right. Um, the right. other teams that are dictating are doing so through their quarterback. The Broncos yep. clearly don't have a quarterback of that caliber. And even though we thought Pat Shermer was going to call things differently, he really went back to some old bad habits in these last couple games. Yep, right after they started playing good teams. Yes. Um, the second and nine runs are, are just – baffling mm -hmm. and what's funny about it is he's convinced uh, the only way that he could keep doing this is on second and nine we should be able to get three yards by running the ball because they're expecting us to pass it <laughs> right. you know what i mean yeah. and then we'll have third and six which is at least more manageable than third and nine if we throw an incomplete pass on second down that is the thought and last year a lot of people blamed that on drew lock right well, he doesn't trust Drew Locke to get the completion on second down. He's afraid of third and nine. So he's going to run it on second down to try and get a few yards. So then it's not as, you know, uh, far-fetched for third down. This year, I don't know what the excuse is. Because maybe, uh, I guess I'll make the excuse for him. Maybe the excuse is he doesn't feel like he has short yards receivers right now. You know what I mean? Because Jerry Judy can get open in a phone booth. Right. So you're saying, you know, you're maybe that was his plan coming into the season is, hey, I'm going to use a lot of Jerry on second and, me second and medium to second and long to try and just get a quick slant, four or five yards, and, you know, then we're in third and manageable. I don't like it, though, um, because <sighs> Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick were just working uh, the comeback routes yesterday. Yeah. So... It's also his job to be able to game plan what happens if we lose our guys that we're counting on. Because well, you have to be able to count Jerry's on been that. out since week one. Right. So you had all that. You even had two extra, I put, I'm putting air quotes up, preseason games mm -hmm. to figure out how you were going to convert short yardage. Or not even convert short yardage situation. Get yourself into third and manageable by throwing the ball. Because it clearly, for two whole years now, has not worked running the ball. You're not even getting into third and six. You're remaining in third and eight, third and nine. Even when you go incomplete on first down and then run the ball on second down, it's like this pattern that I just feel is so easy for the defense to read. And then I still, I still haven't uh, been able to chart it, but multiple people tweeted at me last night saying, I don't remember an under center play action either. How is that not right. a part of the game plan against a team who is very clearly trying to take away the run from you? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's baffling. We, we just hit on the signal callers. Uh, great. Let's just hit. Let's go right to the play caller. Okay. Pat Shermer. F. 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 I'm giving him an F because I think that he should be fired. Mm. And Ryan, I like I said, I think we may be what is that? Eleven days away from that happening. And that, guess who that reflects on? Vic. Vic. That is a like you brought in a first-time play caller in Rich Sangarello. And he got better as the season went on. And then you got this idea in your head. I don't know if they were buddies or what this thing was. He didn't like that there was, like, dissent coming from Rich Gangarello, as we later learned there was. Yeah. You know, he, was, he was, wasn't afraid to voice with Vic when he didn't like something. And he, he can Scangarello to bring in Shermer. They feed us this absolute 
BS about the Chiefs and how he comes from the Andy Reid tree and how they need to score 30 points. And you remember? Yeah. He told us, you know, of the eight teams or whatever that have beat Patrick Mahomes in the last two seasons, all seven of them scored 30 points. I remember it very vividly. So we've got to, you know, go more vertical and this, that, and the other thing. More three wide. Blah, 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 blah. Fail. I love the idea, but... Failure. Yeah. Absolute failure. So that reflects back onto Vic Fangio. So, you know, he can try to erase that to try and save face. But guess what? Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan isn't walking through that door to come call plays for you or anyone of that nature. So you're going to fire him and go the Mike Shula route, right? This is Mike McCoy to Bill Musgrave all over again. How did that work out? Maybe we'll get a cuss word out of uh, out of a, a podium day or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Ryan, yeah, I'm following a similar line. I'll go D, and the reason for that is in three games, the Broncos did score more than 20 points, but even that was disappointing. We wanted them to hit 30 points in those games. They didn't even do it once, Ryan. In those games, they averaged 25 points per game, just over 25 points per game. That would have put them right about average in the NFL. Well, those were against the three worst teams. Since that, their average points per game has dropped to 20.4. Ryan, how was the Broncos' offense last year in terms of scoring? Were they good? No, they were terrible. They were bad. They're averaging 0.2 points per game more this year than they were last year. So that is how bad this offense has with now turned into. three absolute layups. Yep, with three layups, that's what they're averaging. 20.4, it puts them in the bottom 10. Uh, and uh, in the past two games, they've averaged 13 points per game when they've played good teams. And, and I put good in the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're, they're not a good team up to this point so far. Uh, and so that is very concerning. What are they going to do against the Raiders, who are, again, a good team, great team. No, certainly not. But they're better than the first three teams the Broncos played. What are they going to do against the Browns? I mean, if I said right now the over-under on the Broncos scoring in these next two games combined, say if I put it at 26 and a half, what would you take? Total points Total in the points. next two games? I would take the over. <laughs> well, I think you have to get, for me to feel comfortable with that, the, the you gotta Chargers, get seven. You gotta get seventeen points this week against the Raiders. The Chargers scored forty-eight on the Browns <laughs> yesterday. Or is it even more than that? Uh, forty-seven. Okay. Yep, because they missed an extra point. Oh no, was it forty-eight because they missed an extra point? Yeah, it yeah, should have been forty-nine. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, if you well, that's a really good point. <laughs> the Bears scored what twenty-four on the Raiders yesterday. Yep, tw twenty to nine. Okay, I think. Tw they scored twenty. So the bar is very low. It is. Yes, so I, they should hit the over there. But my point is they've just significantly underperformed. And the, the most disappointing thing, Ryan, when you look at the rush, running game, it's been it, the yards per carry is the best thing about this Broncos offense so far. Mm -hmm. Apparently a stat that Vic says we shouldn't be talking about. Yeah. But it, if he wants any good stats, you look at yards per carry, uh, then the, it shows if you build off that, they're not utilizing the run game as much as they should because they're not running as much as they should for how good their running mm -hmm. game is. And then their passing game, is okay, but then both of those are worse or are better than their points per game. So what does that say? That means the sum of all of their parts is turning out to be worse. And when sum of all your parts is worse, don't you look at the, the guy that's putting it all together? Right. And when you run the ball well, that opens up play action, which is one of the best weapons that any play caller has at his disposal. It, it, oh, any good play caller will tell you it just works better than – anything else 
and they just don't use it. They used it in week one. I think it was like Teddy Bridgewater on play action week one was like six of seven for two touchdowns and 78 yards or something like that. It was by far their best thing that they turned to. And ever since then, they've done it less, less, and less. Yep. So that's why, like, um, you know, I say, like, you know, I'm not expecting big things out of Mike Shula. But uh, someone else has to come in there and at least try to give uh, a flow to the game. Right. Because for whatever reason, Pat Shermer has absolutely no feel whatsoever for how to call a football game and how to build off of what's working rather than what I think he's doing, which is trying to change before the defense. Basically saying, like, okay, this is working. Then let's throw something new at them before they have time to adjust to that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's no good, and that's why it's an F for you. Yeah, it, it is an F, an F for fire him. Again, we may be close to that. We may be close to that. And Vic today not giving his full endorsement, saying there's no qualms with Pat Shermer, but not saying I'm standing behind him no matter what. In fact, he brought in the players into that when, when asked to follow up after he said he has no qualms with Pat Shermer and, and just straight up said that, uh, that he – needs to make sure that players don't lose the confidence in the coaching and the play calls. And to me, if he's saying that, Ryan, might mean that he thinks it's already happening. Well, it might explain why, you know, Cortland Sutton it looks completely disengaged in oh. the first quarter, at least. Yeah. Um, Noah Fant kind of lollygagging out there a little bit. Yep. Maybe it's, you know, the play call comes down and they hear it in the huddle and they roll their eyes. Yeah, yeah, very well could be. Yeah, and that's no good. And if that's the case, you got to make a move. Now, the tough thing is, if you're not going to make the move today or tomorrow, Ryan, it's probably too late to do it this week. And then the bummer is next week you can't make that move before the Browns game because then you're just setting yourself up for massive failure for a Thursday night game. So that's why that Friday is probably it. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll keep an eye on it. We, we certainly will. All right, let's we go. Have to go quick. I know. Should we go offensive line? Yes. Um, C minus. Boom. You hit my grade right on the head. I, I agree. Pass protection hasn't been good enough. Um, sometimes the running game is there. Sometimes it's not. The yards per carry shows that, shows that it's doing okay. But then we talk about third and eight. You're setting yourself up in third and eight because you're just not able to run those first couple plays. Right. The big runs... Uh, if you if you plotted all the Broncos runs, you'd see like a bunch of on the high end and a bunch on the low end. Right. A good running team, and this is what Vic Fangio was saying, and don't don't believe in yards per carry, because if you go three straight carries of one yard, and then one carry for thirty yards, well now you have four carries for thirty three yards. Right. It looks pretty good. Right. And that's what keeps happening. You know, Javante yesterday has a fifty yard run, so his numbers end up looking really good. Right. You don't. When you're talking about someone's accomplishments, you don't want to take away their best accomplishment. But if there's any place to do it, it's in in like a yards per carry or yards per completion. Right. Because it just gives you a, a feel for how the rest of the game look. And you'll see you'll, if you take away those big pops every week, they're not running the ball consistently. That's an offensive line issue as much as anything. And I don't want to be too hard on the backups and Graham and Reisner for missing time and just being so inconsistent and uh, in, in if they're there building momentum. So then I look at Ryan, the consistent part, your best player on the offensive line, and Garrett Bowles has not lived up nearly anywhere close to his $17 million contract. So that brings it down for me as well. That was the first thing I thought of when you said offensive line grade. 
is yeah. their anchor, the yeah. guy who's supposed to be the best player on the line, is playing at like a C level at best. Yep. And so everyone else is yep. dragging that grade down. Bobby Massey yep. has probably been their best yeah. lineman so far. He's the guy we haven't said his name. Yep. So that means good things. Cushionberry better. He's better. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, C- minus is – I feel like I might even be giving them a little <laughs> bit of a break. It does feel like that. Um, let's go wide receivers. Mm, this is a tough one because of injuries, and I guess we just go with production that's been out there. See, I, th- I have to look at a player-by-player player basis. I think all of them are playing well. Mm. Cortland Sutton is playing well. He has two games over 100. How, like, did you – when we sat down and did the show yesterday, did you know Cortland Sutton's stats? Yeah. I yeah. didn't. Seven for 120. It felt not as good. How is that possible? Yeah. He's had like two of the best games of his career already yeah. this season. Yeah. And neither of I them. I didn't think of it like that. Right. And neither of them had us like jumping onto our seats. Yeah. It's, it's a really good point. But he's playing well. Tim's playing well. Um, KJ was playing well before he got hurt. Jerry obviously w- was off to. He was about to dominate that game against the Giants. Yep. Um, and then you, what do you what do you want from the other guys? Kendall Hinton made two big plays yesterday. Deontay Spencer isn't actually a wide receiver. Um, <laughs> who else? So all of the players that you need to play well in that group are playing well, in my opinion. The Cortland Court. I, I want to be mad at Cortland because. He doesn't look like he's even I, – I, he looks – he's playing joyless football to me. That's what it looks like. But I can't be mad at him when he's put up two massive games already this season. Yeah, two massive games that propel him to be on track for over 1,200 receiving yards this year, Ryan. So I can't be mad. The only thing I would nitpick – and I don't feel like this is nitpicking with Cortland – is he just hasn't produced much in the three other games. He has a 47-yard game, a 37-yard game, and a 14-yard game. Now, if you supplement it with just dominant games, that really helps. So I, I would just put put him down just a peg for the inconsistency, but it's hard to argue with 1,200 receiving yards, right? Just give me a, a name of a, a wide receiver that you think is in the same tier of Cortland Sutton. Oh, boy. Um, that's tough. Like the 15th best wide receiver in the league? Do you think that he's that low? I would say that he's outside of the top five, somewhere in between five to 15. When Cortland Sutton had his best season, I think he had the 17th most receiving yards oh, in the really? NFL. Oh, really? Wow. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, who's who else is in that group? Boy, um, where do we? Justin Jefferson? I was thinking the Adam Thielens of the world. Okay. I mean, that's not going to help you. It's um, not going to. Justin Jefferson's not going to help me either. <laughs> well, I think Jefferson actually might might actually be against me. Let's see. What I want to prove is that all wide receivers have these up and down games. So here's um, but Justin. But is it, is it more than half the time? Well, here's Justin Jefferson this season. Uh, 124, okay. 84, okay. 118, 65, 71. That's great. But it's essentially the same thing. But no, Pop his, games his, and then his bad games are seventy and eighty. Cortland's are thirty, forty, and fourteen. Okay, all right. He had uh, that was week one, right? It was. It was. I'm giving him that one. That's I'm fair. giving him That's a pass fair. on that one. That's fair. Okay, so let's go. I want like Cortland's bad games to be seventy and eighty yards. What about like Odell Beckham Jr.? Oh man, I was thinking about him. What a <laughs> superstar that died. So like two for twenty, two for twenty-seven, five for seventy-seven. Yeah, that's that's a superstar that died. Yeah. Uh, um, what I was going to say is just that's just how wide receivers are. 
Yeah. It really, it's a matchup league, and matchups depend on, you know, who you're playing each week. Especially now without Jerry, though. I feel like without Jerry, every game should be at least at 70-80. But he's he's on pace for a great year. Yep. He, he is. And then the rest of the group, you're right. You've been pretty darn impressed with them. Yeah. I mean, you can't, like, there's no one you can point out and say, he has underachieved. No, no. I'm trying to think of something. No, yeah. you, you can't. But, so what are we, what are we going with? I'm giving them an A. And I'm going A minus. Okay. But but good grade there. Is it a different story with tight ends? Yeah, it has to be. Um the funny thing is I think Albert O has been better than expectations. Um because I wasn't really I, I didn't think he would bounce back so quickly from the ACL. Um and Noah Fant. I think we know who Noah Fant is at this point. Oh. Just a an average receiving tight end in the NFL. Man, so right now, Noah Fant, he's played in all five games right now. Do you know, guess how many yards he's on pace for this year? <laughs> Maybe better than you think? 500. Close, yeah, just over 600. Okay. And uh, that surprised me when I saw that this morning because I thought, oh, I thought he was having like a terrible year, but that is regression from where he was. He, he started at about that level his rookie year, went up last year. Now he's coming back down, and that's scary. Is the regression's coming? And it's coming at a time when he's supposed to be shining, just like we talked about Cortland Sutton getting more opportunities. No offense, wasn't he supposed to be the guy to take over with Jerry Judy out, and especially with Cortland Sutton still coming back, not looking 100%. And it's been Cortland Sutton the one that's taken over games. No offense right now, Ryan, his, his best statistical game, is 62 yards in week one. Since he's had a 46-yard game being his best, 20-yard, 33, and 15 yards. It's not what you're looking for. And then the blocking, you throw that on top of it because it's not like he's in, in Ingram where you're like, okay, he's a wide, he's a tight end, and you put that in air quotes because he's actually a wide receiver. No offense, supposed to be a, a full-package tight end here. So uh, I've been disappointed there. Yeah, I mean, you would want him to be in – the tier right below Travis Kelsey, yep. Darren Waller, uh, George Kittle, and then I'll probably even put Gronk in there. He's still doing it. Sure, sure. Um, because I'm just looking at the stats right now. I think when we talked about expectations before the season, really quick, Ryan, we said, man, it would be awesome if he's with those guys. But if he's not, it's not a failure. But he needs to be in that next tier. So here are some of the names that are in front of him in yards per game so oh, far this boy. season. Dalton Schultz. Who? Yeah, uh, Dallas Goddard, oh. um, Mike Isecki, Jared Cook still doing it. Wow. This one is the most damning because I've been down in Phoenix, and they, coming into the season, said they don't even use the tight end down there. Oh, well, boy. Max Williams, yeah. unfortunately, got a pretty serious yeah. injury yesterday. He's also in front of Noah Fant. Like I said, Noah Fant at this point is just an average receiving tight end in the NFL. The stats bear it out. He's 13th in the NFL in yards oh. per game from receivers right now. Oh, man. Oh, that is – that's brutal. And, yeah. Ryan, first-round pick. He's in a group with uh, Tyler Conklin and Dawson Knox and James O'Shaughnessy and C.J. Uzoma. That's, that's telling me fourth-round picks right there. Yes. You know, fourth, fifth-round picks. Yes. I think Dawson Knox was actually a really high round – I think he might have been a first-round pick. Really? Um, Wow. Maybe I'm confusing him with some someone else. Um, 
I mean, who he's, he's balling, though. Who was the guy that the Ravens took before uh, Lamar in the first round? Oh, It's not yeah, him, yeah, but like, I, I'm thinking about. it was a similar situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, that's nuts. I don't uh, – yeah, I'm starting to realize that, like – Dawson third-round pick. Okay, okay. Um, I don't think – I mean, we talked about this at the time, but then you kind of talk yourself out of it because you're like, no, a fan could be really awesome. I think there might be like one tight end in a while who's worth drafting in the first round. Kyle Pitts? Well, Kyle Pitts is, you know, as a rookie, sitting at eighth in the league right now and receiving yards per game um, from in his tight first ends. Five games in the NFL. He's just behind TJ Hawkinson and George Kittle. Um, so I think he's that type of player. But I think he was overdrafted even. That was an that to me was another panic pick for the Broncos. And they are yep. striking out on those. Um, we like I want Noah Fant to succeed. He's a really cool dude, and I think he has high upside. He's an average NFL receiving tight end right now until further notice. Man, speaking of safe picks and, and overlooking, we really are never going to move on from Josh Allen potentially being a Denver Bronco and the Broncos messing that up all all game last night. That's all I was seeing in on my timeline and my mentions. What and, and I understand it. People are pissed about it. But that brings it back to George Payton because George Payton, if Justin Fields balls out, if Mac Jones balls out and Justin Fields balled out yesterday, or I guess at least beat the Raiders, uh it's it's always gonna be tied to Pat Sertan, no matter how good he is. Yep. And Noah Fant isn't that good right now. So it in Bradley Chubb isn't that good right now so we're really seeing an extra with that josh allen right and the josh allen one man the broncos would have had this like incredible dunk on everyone it's just like oh we went for john elway little break yeah. peyton manning yeah. little yeah. break and then just yeah. john elway 2.0 which <laughs> yeah. is basically what josh allen is right yep. now yeah and man wouldn't i mean he's perfect for buffalo but he also would have been perfect for denver like the city and community yeah, and wyoming everything. guy yep, exactly like, Exactly. Uh, so it's brutal. All right. Um, tight ends is a D plus for me. Okay. And I'm going to go C average. That's okay. what they are. The value though is a, or the value is an F because they're supposed to be like an A there. Yep. Uh, who else? And then last have? thing is running backs. Running backs. <sighs> Both of them have been like, like I haven't left a game being like, man, they were terrible. No, I've been disappointed in the running backs. Uh, I think all. they're just solid B solid B. Yeah, I like that. I like it. it, it both both of them, I'd put them right there. Uh, and like I said, they're averaging what four point six yards per carry as a team right now. Uh, you you have Melvin Gordon averaging four point seven, Javante Williams four point six. You're happy with that? Yep. Uh, you know what I'm happy with? What's that? Me? Uh, our tailgates so far. Hey. Uh, they have been absolutely lit. Um, and you got to get in now yeah. because we, of course, have the bus set up, which I believe is the absolute mm -hmm. single best way to experience a Broncos game. You come to the DNVR bar, you get a drink or two, you hang out, you watch us do the tailgate show. Yep. Then the bus shows up. You get on the bus. You take your to-go drinks on the bus. You show up to the tailgate. There's Breck Brews on Breck Brews on Breck Brews and pizzas on pizzas on pizzas from Sexy Pizza. You hang out. You play some Cam Jam. You play some... Uh, ladder golf, some uh, what's the uh, you play some cornhole, beer yep. pong, yep. hang out with all sorts of other Broncos fans. We got red zone set up in there oh, now, so you so can watch perfect. the games. It's an awesome place. That's about five minute walk. 
yep. uh, from yep. the stadium. The best view, too. Incredible view. Great for pictures as, you know, you're hanging out with your girl or your boys uh, before the game. So, um, absolutely come check it out and go to dnvrlocker.com right now. Sign up for the bus. If you're just coming to the game, you already have your ride figured out. You feel like paying a bunch for parking or <laughs> trying to catch an Uber after the game. Hey, that's your prerogative. Um, then you can just pay 25 bucks just to go to, uh, or 20, is it? 20, 25 20. at the door. Yes. Okay. There we go. And it's so much fun. You guys have to check it out. And you also have to check out our friends over at Ball because they want to hire you. And I'm talking about Ball as in the name on the Avs and Nuggets Stadium. I'm talking about Ball as in the aerospace engineering company. And not only do they do so much and, and do really cool things, but they do it the right way. They have a culture of belonging, uh, which has been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign. They have a corporate index equality score of 100% meaning they hire you from whatever background you have. As long as you want to work and you have the qualifications, they will hire you. And then once you're there, they also make sure that you can chase your dreams and follow and be. They will support the groups that you support as well. So make sure to check them out. And if you need a job, they are hiring to their golden plant where they have a 400-person production line, and they want to hire to that. So if you want a job, here's what you do. You text GOLDEN, G-O-L-D-E-N, to 77222. Or you go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden, and you'll get hooked up with a job at Ball. So check them out. Get a job over at Ball. Also hit up our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Monday Night Football tonight, the old Colts Derby, as uh, Dre and I would call it. (laughs) Baltimore, Indianapolis. Got to be honest, not that excited for this game. No, me neither. It doesn't get the juices flowing. You know what it does, though? betting on it yes the only way to get excited about things uh, that don't necessarily get the juices flowing and that's why i love DraftKings sportsbook um i admitted to this on uh, our bet show today i become a bit of a reckless better when i'm alone and bored Uh, oh that explains my saturday this week (laughs) yes uh so you know i came back early from the wedding so i could do the tailgate yesterday ali was still back so last night i get home (laughs) i'm bored um, I'm alone, no one to, uh, you know, check me <laughs> on my bets. And I put down like 20 different bets just on <laughs> Sunday Night Football. But I ended up winning a, t- a bunch of money, go. so it was all worth it. I don't think it's reckless if it works, right? Well, yes. Maybe um, it is. Okay. That's kind of like <laughs> like telling a quarterback who like ran. When Teddy was saying like, I shouldn't run and throw the ball across my right, body, right, but it right. worked that time. <laughs> right. That's how I feel. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't. It didn't follow the fundamentals, but it did work last night. Are you being checked tonight? Um, no. 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 Okay. Okay. <laughs> but the game isn't. I don't know. I don't. I don't have enough. Like last night, I had such a feel yeah. for what that game was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have as much of a feel tonight. Anyways, DraftKings Sportsbook, the best place to get skin in the game if you want to do it. And this week, if you haven't signed up, you can use the code DNVR and bet one dollar on the game tonight. And as long as a single point is scored, you're going to get $100 in free bets. It's been since 1943 that we saw a 0-0 tie in the NFL. So it's a, as I said on bets, I, I will put up $1 million of my own dollars Woo. that a point will be scored in the game tonight uh, yes. if you get in at DraftKings Sportsbook. So use that code DNVR to sign up and make sure that you go over to DraftKings Sportsbook to get some action in the game. 
You can also get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when you use that code DNVR. So do that. Of course, you must be 21 or older Colorado. Only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first put match. Each up to $500. The deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough and restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Ryan. Let's hop over to the defensive side of the ball this and hand out some probably grades. probably go faster. Let's see. Defensive line. So we're going, you know, the normal defensive line. The big boys in the middle, not Vaughn or Chubb. So four games, going into yesterday, they had played four games. Mm -hmm. I was so convinced that no one could run the ball on them. Mm. Um, so going into yesterday, it was like A-plus for me on yeah. defensive line. They had created a little bit of interior pressure, not as much as you would have liked against the Ravens. So I would have said like A-plus as a running team or as run defense and like a B uh, for the pass rush for the defensive line. Then yesterday – what the hell happened? Mm, I don't know. Like Najee's really good, but no one he had not gotten off on like that on anyone else yet. You know what I didn't like is we talked to Alexander Johnson today and he was asked what happened to the run defense and he said, "What do you mean?" <laughs> it's kind of a follow-up question like it, it, you guys were like beat pretty bad and he said, "We did a good job. They just they just did better than us." And I really hope that that is not the true mindset in that in that locker room. I don't think that's Vic's mindset, but I really hope that's not the mindset because that is like, whoa. I mean, they they're not a good team on the ground. They they beat you, so that mm -hmm. means you guys were bad as well. Ryan, the week before, you hold the Ravens to 97 rushing yards before that last play. They get to 102 with that last play. You feel great about it because that's what they do. That's their identity. You're feeling good, but now you feel bad. You feel terrible about it. This is back-to-back -back weeks that you got beat by a team with their weakness. Right. You let Lamar Jackson carve you from the pocket, yeah. which everyone thought, oh, if you just take, if you just make him throw from the pocket, you'll win. Well, you made it way too easy on him to throw from the pocket, yep. and he torched you. Yep. And then last week it was, okay, just, you know, um, they're not going to run the ball well, so just, like, take away the pass and you'll be good. And then you just got cooked by Najee. So are they, are they like, leaning too hard onto the game plan one side? Are they listening to the narrative too much? I don't know, but two weeks in a row, you got beat by a weakness. That is bad, and, and dominant defenses don't allow that. So I have to downgrade them a little bit, but still four games of good tape out there from the line. I'm just going to say they're a B right now. That's fair. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go B minus, and the reason, Ryan, guess how many sacks the defensive line has this year through five games? Yikes. Uh, two. One and a half. Yeah, very disappointing. That There's just been no interior push. What happened is Draymond Jones having 10 sacks this year and Shelby or Draymond getting seven individually. Like I think either Vic or Ed said was going to happen just last week. Right now you have Shelby Harris, one sack, McTelvin, half the sack, and Draymond Jones is not even on the list. Yeah, and sacks are always a tough way to track things, but you do just want to see consistent pressure from in there. It hasn't been there. No. So maybe I, I was – I don't know. I like when you can just take away the run. Like, it's yeah. such a dominant feeling when a team just can't run on you. And it's the opposite. When yesterday they could just hand it to Najee and it was second and six. Yep. It was like, man, this feels insurmountable. I don't know what the Raiders are going to do, but next week against the Browns, Broncos better figure it out or else Baker's just never going to throw the ball. See, what I think is they're going to build this game plan around stopping the run. They're going to be able to do so, and then Baker's going to throw mm. for 360 yards. Man, I'm curious to see what you think about the Raiders in this week. Yeah, we'll talk a lot about yeah. that as the week goes on. All right, um, go outside linebackers. Yeah, 
Yeah, let's do that. And uh, Malik Reed to me, he's he's lived up to Malik Reed. He he's been the Malik Reed that you hope and love. So A for him. Vaughn, what does Vaughn have? Four. He he has four and a half. Four and a half. It's five weeks. It's he's doing it. He's doing it. Just Not yesterday these last two weeks. didn't feel good. Yeah, that didn't feel good. But he tore up the first three weeks of the season there's there's no other teams where i watch every single snap of every single season right so i just don't know like do other teams star pass rusher just have games where you don't even notice them the whole time probably i assume so right? too but it, it, <laughs> yeah. it feels like it should be unacceptable yeah it really does and and von was pissed at himself last night he said i have to do things better i have to do it better to help people around me <sighs> It feels like a CD, <laughs> yeah. just the same tracks play over <laughs> yeah. and over again. It really does. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say Vaughn because and I'm of not saying last... Vaughn. I'm saying the whole team, right? Right. It just feels like every season there's like, oh yeah, track three's coming in. This yep. is where they say they gotta do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait for track five when Vaughn Miller says they're gonna beat someone's ass. <laughs> and then they they go out and they beat the Eagles. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go A minus for Vaughn. So. And Bradley Chubb, we got to throw him in here. Very disappointing. Uh, the injury can't really control, but uh, even before, uh, not a non-factor. So I'll say for this group, a B. Yeah. It's interesting looking at these first-round picks and just how little you're getting out of them this yeah. season. Yeah. Um, Jerry, Ju uh, it's not everyone's fault, but just look at your first-round picks of recent. Pat Sertan, it's been good, but he's a rookie. Yeah. Jerry Judy's not playing. Um, before that's Noah Fant. We just talked about how disappointing he's been. Before that, Garrett Bowles. It's well. Before that, it's Bradley Chubb, right? Yep, yep, yep. Is that is there someone I'm missing nope, in between there? Nope, you're right. Okay, and so, then Bowles. And then before that is Bowles. Is that yeah? Is that the correct order? Are we missing someone? I feel like we're missing someone, but I could be wrong. Let's hope not, or else they're forgettable. <laughs> Either way, it's <laughs> across the board. Yeah. It really is. And, and our guy, Alamo on the Rise, shout out uh, to a great listener, uh, responded to both of us yesterday and said, wow, think about this. The DraftKings king of the game the past two weeks has been two guys in Kendall Hinton and Caden Stearns, guys that are making no money, aren't supposed to have a big role on this team. Kudos to them. But where are your high-paid players? And, and you made a good point that we, we talked about giving it and could have easily given it uh, to, Cortland. To, to Cortland Sutton. But even him. You know, he's not first-round pick. He's a second-round pick, but not a high-paid player. It, it, I thought it was just a great point of, wow, it's true. The fact that these guys are the ones – and I guess that's why the team is losing these past two games. Right. The highest salary guys, obviously, Von Miller, who has, like we said, pretty much lived up to what you would expect from someone at his age. Right. Um, past two games, not so. Who's the second-highest-paid player Garrett on the Bowles. team? Garrett Bowles disappointment yep um you go down the list teddy's got to be somewhere on there even though the broncos aren't paying him all that money right that's true um you have shelby harris justin simmons justin simmons has been a disappointment well, has... well let's get to that oh um, that's true inside linebacker um inside linebacker. Wait, did we give it outside linebacker great i don't think we did b i'm gonna b give it a b plus Bradley. i'm gonna give okay. it a b plus fair fair give him that plus for vaughn i like it uh inside linebackers this is so tough um alexander johnson and i mean josie jewel was off to the best start of his career i mean i, I give him an a plus for the start he had but it was a game and a half yeah. a game and a quarter <sighs> it's a c it's like a c i would say average yeah. yeah yeah they don't nothing terrible but they don't change again <sighs> alexander johnson today 
said he was thinking about taking off instead of catching the ball on that first pick. And then the second one, he said, he pretty much said, I'm definitely paraphrasing here, but he said, like, I didn't even know the ball was coming my way, so how am I supposed to catch it? <laughs> That's what Cortland said on that first third down. Um, slight difference in what those guys' jobs are, but still. Yeah. I mean, it's just what happens. Defensive players, they're not yeah. used to having the ball thrown right at them. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's coming at them. Their eyes get really big, and they freeze <laughs> yeah. like a deer in the headlights. And It's just, like I said yesterday on the show, good teams just make those plays. Right. I don't know how to say it any other way. Yep. Like yep. The ball goes off of Tyreek Hill's hands oh, right man. into Micah Hyde's, and he takes it back Boom. for six. End zone. If that's the Broncos, it bobbles up and drops, and everyone's <laughs> yeah. pounding their and hands Tyree on the ground. Tyreek Hill catches it after the <laughs> <Yeah>. bobble. <laughs> Something like that. It's just like good teams yep. find a way to make those plays. Yep. And it's not like in a vacuum. You say, like, uh, it's Alexander Johnson. You can't expect right. him to catch those. Right. But on the whole, you just look around the league, and you're like, oh, yeah, well, the teams that are winning are just making those. Yep, exactly, exactly. So see there now. How about, like, Gregory Russo last night? Oh, my gosh. And then, of course, somehow uh, NBC has the his college or his high school film where he's a star-wide receiver catching these passes. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Wide receiver. He's played inside at nose. Yep. He play outside. He's an athletic freak. Now, he even you, looks when he stands out on the field. Is. You're like, that guy looks huge. He is my favorite player in Madden, by the way. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, on my team, which is a bad team, so it tells you that. But, uh, Ryan, when uh, – did, did you have the Bills last night? I'm sure you did because you picked them in our weekly thing. I actually didn't bet anything on the oh, spread wow, or the wow. money line. But I guess you technically had them because you picked them in our, in yep. our pools and stuff. Uh, at what point did you feel comfortable that the Bills were going to win? <laughs> Because um, if, every time I was like... Three-score game with six minutes left is when I started to feel comfortable. And uh, was that... Yeah, I think it was the three when it got to three scores. But 38-20. Yeah. yeah, with 10 minutes left, and they're driving. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is... Chiefs are going to come back and, and do this. And it happened, like, multiple times where I'm like, you just can never count the Chiefs out, even against a fantastic Josh Allen and a yeah. good Bills team. You can't, but they haven't had that same magic this year. No. They, they certainly haven't. Losing team, bottom of the AFC West. I said this on bets, but – and, again, it's way too soon to make any sort of statements counting them out. In fact, we talked before the show. I said yeah. I don't even hate the plus 150. In yeah. fact, I like the plus 150 to yeah. win the AFC West right yeah. now. With that being said, the loss of Sammy Watkins is really evident for them. Yeah. Because um, I just think other teams are saying, like, okay, we're going to put a lot of focus on Kelsey and Hill and – you can throw to Michael Hardman, and I just don't think he's that guy. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't seem like it. Or who's the other guy that he scored a touchdown, Demarcus Robinson. Or right, right. One of those guys. Yep. Those are regular players in the NFL. That, well, obviously, Michael's really fast. Right. Um, and teams are just saying, like, yeah, you, we're not going to get beat by these other two guys. Right. Um, and the Chiefs just like, refuse to – in a lot of cases, especially last night, just take what the defense was giving them. Like, they were playing too high, pretty off coverage, and the times where they threw the quick little, you know, bubbles and that sort of stuff, they were getting yards. Right. They just have – they. It, it, the same thing happened in the Super Bowl where they're just like, they just want the chunks. They need right. the chunks, and they just – they weren't there for them. And their defense is so bad, giving up 29 points in every single game so far. How many do you think the Broncos will score? Oh, on? my gosh. Yeah, the Chiefs will have their coming out party then. Shocking. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, cornerbacks, Ryan. 
How would you grade this cornerback room? Obviously, some injuries there. Also, probably coming off. I mean, the worst two games for them as well. I'm saying C plus. Wow, that is, that's, that's I mean, tough. They are like five deep with names. You know what I mean? Like right, Pat Sertan, right, right, Ky- right. Uh, like Kyle Fuller, Darby. Yep. Um, Bryce Callahan. So I guess they're four deep of like names who the average NFL fan knows. And they can't, they aren't clamping down. But as I said yesterday, I don't think they're being used correctly. Um, I think the, the like soft zone coverage that Vic Fangio's been playing these last two weeks is just a waste of the amount of corner talent that you have. Um, and because of that, they're not, I don't think they're being put in the best position to succeed, but that's a whole other story. And it's certainly not Vic Fangio is not all of a sudden going to start calling defenses like Wade Phillips did. No. Uh, or like <laughs> Russian cover man defense. It just won't happen. Um, so, but they've just been disappointing. They keep getting, there's just so many times where they get beat on like little things where I'm like, man, it just feels like lockdown corners in the NFL aren't allowing that quick out right. there or yep. whatever it is. Yep. I'm going B minus here. And uh, the reason is statistically the pass defense is actually still really good, but you take out the two game. I'm not even going to take out the game against Daniel Jones. Keep that in there. Take away the two games against rookie quarterbacks, Ryan, and the Broncos pass defense. They're giving up 270 yards per game, zero interceptions. They're giving up, uh, I believe, 60% completion, which is okay. It, that That's not bad at all. Uh, but 270 yards per game, zero interceptions, and four touchdowns to Daniel Jones, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, and then a passing Lamar Jackson. That's, that's not going to get it done. We saw Kyle Fuller just absolutely get cooked yesterday. And then also, you knew Ron Darby or Kyle Fuller or Bryce Callahan was going to be hurt. So that has to play into the equation. You signed hurt guys, and Ronald Darby was hurt. Not a shocker there. Yep. Um, Man, that was rough what you just said about those three games. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Because rookie quarterbacks just don't count. Yeah, take them out. Yeah, take them out. And and one of those guys is Daniel Jones. Another is Lamar Jackson, who can win in the pocket, but beats you with his feet. And he beat second-best passing game of his career. Yeah. Against the Denver Broncos. Against the team with the highest paid secondary in the NFL. Plus Von Miller. Like, think about that. Best game of his career. Not best <laughs> game of the season. Not best game of the first quarter of the season. Yeah. Best game of his career against the highest yeah. paid secondary in the NFL. What a disappointment. Huge disappointment. All right, now let's get to the safeties. Kareem Jackson, one of my favorite Broncos of this era. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I don't want to see guys get hurt. But you need players on your defense that strike fear in people. And you don't think that when, um, let's see, like Henry Ruggs, when they're scheming up the jet sweep for him this weekend <laughs> in practice, yeah. he's not thinking like, God, I hope Kareem Jackson yeah. doesn't come around that corner. Yep. Um, you have to have guys that make players on the other side think. Philip Lindsay can attest to this too. Yes, you want them to say like, I hope the quarterback doesn't throw it too high over the mm-hmm. middle or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Cream Jackson is awesome. Yeah. Um, he's an A for me so far this season. Yeah. He had that. He got beat really bad by Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown beats someone every single game. Yeah. Um, he's just that type of player. So I'm not knocking him down too hard for that. Justin Simmons, man. He's been he's been a good NFL safety so far. And this is what we talked about ad nauseum when the contract stuff was coming is he is not the type of player that scares opposing teams. They say, like, we have to stay away from Justin. Um, 
he's someone that you obviously keep in mind. You're not going to, you know, test him all day, every day. But I told that story of Drew Locke and Baker Mayfield talking about Derwin James um, and someone else, I forget who it was, and saying, like, yeah, when we did the game plan, it was just like, find Derwin, right. go the other way. Yeah. No one says that about Justin Simmons. And I, I'm not trying to, like, crush Justin Simmons right now. Um, but he just hasn't lived up to elite level play. He is a very good player. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's lived up to elite, and he's getting elite money. But at the same time, I always defend this, too. Whoever's up next always gets the most money. Right. And if you get into a certain category, which he's absolutely in that category, you you get that type of money. He got that type of money, so I'm not I'm happy for him for securing the bag. But he just needs to step it up a little bit. Who should have more interceptions, Kareem or Justin? Just Justin. In, in a season. Always. Easy. Always. Yeah. They're tied right now. Yeah. At one pick, one pick a piece right now. And so that's why it's disappointing. Justin's supposed to be the playmaker. Kareem's supposed to be the hard hitter. Kareem's definitely the hard hitter. I mean, the injury. So I mean, Juju went into immediate surgery, I think. He like exploded his shoulder. Yeah, the the he with a clean there hit. was a dysfunction of the shoulder or something like that. That caused a dislocation or something. Like, it was insane. Yeah, with a clean hit, too. Just pure shoulder on shoulder. He's literally a wrecking ball. I've never seen a player like him who's so small. Like, I've seen small players who pack a punch. Yeah. I've never seen a player so small that packs that much of a punch. This is a guy who came into the the league as a corner. Yep. Yep. And is absolutely just demolishing. (laughs) Juju Smith-Schuster is not a small man. He's a huge wide receiver. And Kareem Jackson just, like, blew blew him up. Blew him into pieces. Man, I don't – I would love to see Kareem take this vocal leadership role that we're talking – because when he's on the field, he has it. And I just hope he has it in that locker room too because that is the guy that could bring this fire that they need. So, Ryan, for me, uh, I'm going to go B-plus for the safety group. I'll go B. There we go. Love it. There we go. Uh, I would say overall, disappointing grades. Disappointing grades. Finally, we need to do mm, Vic. Victor. Oh, well, we'll also give Tom McMahon uh, <laughs> an F. Um, actually, it's an F pa- for me. The past two games for Tom have been his best, haven't they? The Draymond Jones thing yesterday. That cost you four points. Yep. Vic today said it was a uh, wrong call. <laughs> I don't know. Don't coach your players <laughs> to break the rules. Yeah. Um, I uh, agree. Yes. Yeah. It's. I mean – no one has the type of mishaps that they have on a week-in, week-out basis. No. You have one every couple weeks, yep. maybe, if yep. you're not yep. a good special teams team. This is Vic even admitted it. He said you can count on one bad play a week, and he kind of laughed at that. Like, how, how is this possible? That's a lot of money to just have one. I mean, how many plays do special teams have to play in a game? Not that many. 15? <laughs> yeah. You can't have yeah. a bad one every single week. No. All right, Ryan. Victor Fangio. Are you doing as a defensive coordinator and head coach? Just all yes. wrapped in one? Yes. Um, it's a C- minus for me. Okay. Now, why, why does he keep you above that failing grade? Because <laughs> the number the, – the points that they've allowed on defense is still okay. Yeah. I don't particularly like his style. I don't like the bend-don't-break thing. I think it exposes you to other teams getting into a rhythm, which is an absolute – I don't even know if Pat Shermer knows what that word is, but watching other teams do it makes it even more frustrating. Yeah. Because I'm watching Sunday night football, and you're just like, what, how are the Chiefs and Bills playing the same game as the Broncos? But, you know, you know, like this is really oversimplifying it, but I'm just going to do it. When you call Madden, like 
you know that like okay so if i get if i get this play to work then i can run it again later but i have this little wrinkle that i can run off right. of it right and what happens is the broncos expose themselves to that by the bend don't break thing right so you watch watch the first couple drives from the steelers yesterday when they got in they had two different times where they got into third and four both times they went into the bunch formation and the first time they i think they ran like a quick out it worked move the chains then the next time they they just went with like a little wrinkle off of that out of the same formation because they know oh they think we're going back to that same play this right. is what rhythm play calling is you're, <laughs> right. you're trying to build you know um there's an awesome youtube video uh of all people maybe this like won't get you excited but steve sarkeesian talking about when he's at Love alabama it, yep. talking about how they build their offense they okay so we start with this look out of rpo and then as soon as they are, they're sitting on that well then we bring in this little slant and that opens up another thing and it's like there's layers and you stack right. and you stack and you stack right and the way that the broncos call their defense to me allows teams to get the first one to work which then allows them to get the second one to work and now they're building layers on top of each other which is something that on offense the broncos literally never do <laughs> so I don't personally like it, but when you look at the end of the game and you say, okay, well, they scored 23, you yeah. should have won. I can't, I can't give you a failing grade when you're giving up I, what I think are winning point totals. Yeah, I mean, right now, Broncos have the second-best scoring defense in the NFL, uh, giving up 15 points per game. Now, you look and you say, okay, 13 uh, to the Giants, 13 to the Jags, zero to the Jets. So what have they done against the better teams? 23 points? And 27 points, so an average of 25 points, it's not going to get it done when you play these better teams. Now, it will keep you competitive, but that's not going to get it done. When your team is built on elite defense, and because Vic Fangio right. has all of these tools at his disposal, Ryan, I'll take these first three games into account, too, and just go a straight C um, average. And he's been great against the bad, and he's been disappointing against the good. And I'll say this. I, I'll put four points on Tom McMahon's unit yesterday because of that penalty. Um, yeah. So now it's back to 23. And 23 is like right at yeah. the edge. You're barely doing enough to where I would say you're doing you're, – you're playing winning football on mm -hmm. defense. It's 23 points per game. It's just enough for me to say that you should win. Um, unfortunately, they uh, – they weren't able to get that done yesterday, and they don't have the offense to score 24 points. Every time the offense scores 24 points, we feel like that was like a an amazing out. Like imagine three touchdowns and a field goal. That feels like a special day. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the defense, we're saying like anything more than that is a disaster. You're going to Dairy Queen after school with that. Exactly. Ryan, 25 points per game. I didn't realize it would be this bad. It would be the 11th worst defense scoring defense in the NFL. So almost a top 10 bad scoring defense. Let's bring it down to that 23 points per game. And now we're talking about a borderline top 10 defense. Baltimore Ravens are at 23 right now. And uh, that's what you're doing against a good team. So that's good being borderline top 10. It's not elite, and that's where you need to be. We said top five is a is a basement yep. for this team that was acceptable. Yep. Uh, and we both said, like, I expect them this season – to put it together and become a top three, potentially number one defense in the NFL. And the average in the NFL right now is 23.7. Average. Yep. That's what they are against non-terrible teams. And I keep going back to it. 
the, the way Vic calls things beats up on bad quarterbacks. And it, it's a little bit exposed to good ones. Is Derek Carr a good one? Yes. Uh-oh. Exactly. <laughs> All right. This was a uh, – this good is interesting. It's such an – and, like, when you go through it like that, you just and, – and, and I'm not, and I don't even think we've ever made it seem like we are, but you just can't be mad at anyone who's mad at the Broncos at 3-2 and two right now. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because and they don't – they're not playing, like, a 3-2 and two team. And the unfortunate thing, Ryan, is I know a lot of people want Pat Shermer to be fired. If it gets to that point in 12 days from now, 11 days from now, it's going to be because the Broncos are 3-4, and four, and then everything will be unhinged. Right, and a coach firing his assistant coaches is just the first step yep. to him eventually getting fired. Yep, especially this early in the season. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm starting to get hungry, you know, uh, we're t- just yeah. with all this conversation. Uh, so I'm starting to crave a DNVR burger. Ooh, as uh, they say, nothing makes you crave a DNVR burger like speaking of Pat Shermer being fired. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was going to say we have a Shermer burger. You just give us money and, and you don't get anything. Wow. <laughs> but... If you actually order a real burger here, we give you Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu Beef, which is the top of the line stuff. It is so good. I truly believe you just go around here, around this area, and have burgers. You will come back and say that that is the best beef you've had in a burger uh, around this area. Um, So come check it out. Come order any of our uh, burgers that we have on the menu. You can also make your own. Uh, but all of them are Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu beef. Absolutely delicious stuff. And right now you can use the code DNVR10 if you just want to have it sent straight to your door. And it's not only just the ground beef that they have that's so good for hamburgers. They've got steaks. They've got um, jerky. They've got sausages. They've got beef bacon, which is delicious. I've had it all. It's all delicious. So use that code DNVR10. Get your 10% off. And if you go over $200 on your shipping then you're going to get it for free. Uh, so check them out, Hassle Cattle Company. Brian, you already told the good people about Sexy Pizza, but it's so sexy and good, I got to tell you about it again because it is so delicious. And they have four Denver locations that you can visit, one in Capitol Hill, really close to here, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill. And they've got a new location coming to Trinidad, Colorado, and you have to check them out. They are so delicious, and they do great things for the community. Like you, ta- you, you talked about the philanthropies that they have. But also, if you want to cater an event that you have, make sure to check them out. You can go to sexy.pizza uh, and see sexy.pizza.com and check out their about page for their donation links to see how many sexy pizza causes you can support. Because great company, great pizza, and they just support great causes. After you crush all that pizza and the hassle cattle waggy, you probably just want to make sure you got your teeth in good shape, even though those yeah, things aren't necessarily point. bad for your teeth. <laughs> uh, you do always want to keep good health with your teeth. Make sure you can chomp down on those burgers and pizzas later. Uh, check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group if you need any dental work done. And if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam over with our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group, they'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush so you can take good care of your teeth even when you're not in their hands. Um, but check out Green Mountain Dental Group. Just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver. They're part of our family. They're going to treat you like family over at Green Mountain Dental Group. Ryan, shall we hop into the questions and talk to the people? 
How long has this podcast been going? It's a lot. We, we've definitely hit the one hour mark. So let's jump in. Let's jump in. This is a throwback status right here. And first one coming in from Toxic Vic Fangio. Just wondering how many more games before George calls me into his office. Brutal. Also, real quick. I was at the uh, Virginia game Saturday in Louisville, and Tom Jackson was there to start the game. Got to shake his hand. Such a cool moment for a lifelong Broncos fan. Is he, he's not on ESPN anymore, is he? I don't think so. Yeah, I miss him on there. Yeah, he's he was great, great on there. Uh, Broncos have like produced some really oh, legitimate yeah. media personalities. Yeah. Obviously, Shannon Sharp is yep. doing his thing. <laughs> Say what you will about him. <laughs> he's definitely successful in the field. He's out there. Uh, Tom Jackson, of course. Peyton Manning is now hosting the best uh, yep. Sun- or Monday Night Football broadcast. It was lame not having it last or i don't think it's this week either yeah last week wasn't there it's not this week either it's not until like next week week seven i think is the next one uh you also have uh terrell davis who was out there with nfl network for a while yes he was yeah um so lots of steve atwater now doing stuff with the broncos lots of good ones from kirk smith 44 i don't ever want to hear vic fangio quote defensive genius ever again he was a defensive genius with patrick willis and khalil mack in their primes though Ever since uh, becoming the head coach of this team, the defense has been mediocre. Sacks near the bottom of the league, turnovers near the bottom. Honestly, every time we get a lead, uh, lead late under his tenure or absolutely need a stop to get our offense one more shot, how many times do you think they're going to come through? Never. Um, it's, it's actually true. Like, I can't even disagree with that. No. No. I, can't. And I think enough was said about the idiot running the offense yesterday, so I'll just say I second that. <laughs> it's really true, Zach. Yesterday, going into that drive where uh, they're down five, yeah. And you're thinking, get the ball back and you have a chance to win this game yeah. with one drive. Yeah. I didn't have any faith they were going to do it. No. Or big plays. When, when you need a big play, that Super Bowl 50 team was so good at getting the stops or the big plays when you needed them. They did get the big play from Malik Reed. That happened early in the game. You need to follow that up with something else, especially against a turnover-prone Ben Roethlisberger. I, I want to see, uh, and I just don't know if Vic has it in. I want to see them call some zero blitzes. He's doing that on the offensive side of the ball, where he's being aggressive, going for it on fourth down. I want to see on the defensive side. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I don't feel like the reason that they don't um, cause a lot of turnovers, I don't think they force quarterbacks into mistakes. With this cornerback room, isn't that the time when you're supposed to do it? Well, that's what I'm saying. You have four guys who are legit name corners. Yeah. Put the onus on them and yep. say, hey, we're playing zero. So we're coming hard after the quarterback. Yep. It's all on you to cover your guys. Yep. Now, against the Steelers, that's a tough task to do it against. But I'll tell you what, that's a better idea than having Von Miller uh, cover Chase Claypool. Oh, yeah. Vic again asked about that today. Just said he was – they were in zone. Every time a, a coach fails, I feel like there's like a moment where you say, "Oh yeah, well that's when <laughs> right. that's when we knew." I think that I think Vic had his moment yep. yesterday. I, it's sad to say, but like when he made Von Miller look human. What do you think was Vance's moment? I was thinking the George Kittle game. Oh yeah, that was brutal. When I was just like, "Yeah, he's getting fired." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was terrible. Uh, Speaking it, of the George Kittle game, Ryan. Bronco and SF chiming in next. Do you have something else first, though? No, no. I was just going to say I just think he had – that's what I think. I think when I'll look back, I'll be like, yeah, when I saw Von Miller yeah. <laughs> trying to go – trying to run with Chase Claypool. I've never seen Von Miller look so 
pedestrian in my life yeah (laughs) it was weird to see 58 look like that yeah and he looked confused and (laughs) frustrated and And after the game he said you know i'm supposed to rush the passer and be good in coverage and and i messed up and honestly he's not yeah (laughs) he's not he uh, no percent of that contract they gave him no. was in the idea of oh and and we're gonna have you cover some people sometimes. Wade Phillip used him perfectly in that drop back against Tom Brady. It's a once in a it's, lifetime. It's a once in a lifetime kind of secret drop. Yes. Not not a true zone drop like Vaughn was supposed to do. Well, it, yeah, it's kind of like a spy like right. type of thing, and it was it was a one off. Yep. But I remember when when Vic was hired, people said, "Oh well, he you know he sometimes yeah. likes to drop Khalil Mack in coverage." And I just remember thinking, "Like, don't." Doesn't seem like a good idea. <laughs> yeah, but don't. I do guess that. if it works, and it's not a good doesn't idea. Doesn't work. No, no. Speaking of George Kittle game, Bronco and SF says watching all these young quarterbacks put up some video game numbers and can't break twenty points us against us is just so depressing. My heart can only take so much. Then listening to Brandon Stanley talk intelligently about database strategy and innovative thinking comparing him to our staff maybe i'm overreacting but maybe we will make major changes to our organization or to it as an org herbert and mahomes are going to have us in a hashtag world of suck for the next 20 years hashtag pain yeah and like there's no point in making 20 year declarations um but the broncos absolutely have to get into that conversation but that we've always known that doesn't matter if it's herbert and mahomes or uh, you know, Philip Rivers and Alex Smith, you just need to have an elite quarterback in the NFL if you want to win anything meaningful. So having those guys in your division makes things tough. I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes, like people thought Patrick Mahomes was going to win 10 straight division titles. Well, Herbert came along and now he's already two games back. So there, there's a, you, you can get back into the conversation, but there's no conversation in any NFL circles until you have that guy. Yep, you need to find him. Chicago Bronco 86, that was rough. Though I'll take a bit of comfort in the flashes the offense showed at the at the, at the the end. It's become pretty clear to me that Denver's issues are stemming from the coaching staff and not the players. The talent is there. Granted, they've had some rough luck, and Teddy is easily a good enough quarterback to compete for a playoff spot with this roster on paper. Unfortunately, the offense they built just seems sluggish and uninspired, but the real concern is that Vic's defense is really starting to show some weaknesses I'd like to think or or I'd like them to get a quarterback this next draft and sit behind someone until he's ready and I'd hope that 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 that'd be Teddy but without coaching changes I don't see any new quarterback working out the common denominator with guys like Mahomes Allen Herbert and Murray is that is they went to teams with good coaching staffs and a strong support cast. Maybe a vet like Rodgers could step into this organization and succeed, but just ask teams like the Jets and Jags, what happened when you draft a talented young guy to a dysfunctional system? So, that being said, I still haven't given up on this year. I've still got faith on Teddy and Vaughn. Go Broncos. So I actually disagree um, with Herbert and Murray. Kyler wasn't drafted into a successful system he was the system you know like cliff drafted him because he's like that is going to be my system it's kyler murray (laughs) um that makes sense and then this and then herbert his coach got fired after his first season so he didn't go into some stable environment mahomes obviously did like the most stable environment ever um and josh allen i think that's also a different scenario where they kind of built the system around him rather than 
coming in, and and so did you they. You could say it's a good coaching staff, though. It was a it was a good coaching staff coming off a good season when right. they drafted him, but they also had to have a lot of patience. Yes. Um, with Mahomes and Herbert, it just instantly they were like, "Cool, we uh, <laughs> we won. <Yep. laughs> we got the guy." Yeah. Um, with with Allen, that was a organizational. We we hear about organizational failures. That was an organizational success. They committed to him. They stuck with him. They built around him. They gave him what he needed. And now he's the best player in the NFL right now, yeah. as we speak. Yeah. Um. So it's not always just about having the system. But t- to your point, it's what I said every single time we talked about Justin Fields this offseason. I don't want to give Justin Fields to Pat Shermer. <laughs> <laughs> and I think now people are starting to realize why I was so steadfast about that. Well, and and if the Broncos do go quarterback next year, Ryan, it's going to mean because Pat Shermer's not here. And very well, Vic Fangio won't be here either. Probably, yep. From Orange Crushing It, two weeks ago I commented that I was happy about 3-0, but I didn't see a path to long-term success without a complete change in the philosophy. That hasn't really been the case the last two games. In 2015, there was a shift away from Manning high, high-flying offense into the 1990s-style run-heavy attack relying on good defense. But in the 21st century, that just doesn't get it done. I know you guys didn't agree a couple weeks ago. Curious if you still think the overall philosophy can lead to success. I definitely don't. Haven't since 2016 when I realized they were 20 years behind in creativity. The coaching hires have uh, since have all been for that brand of football, in my opinion, completely wasting the talent on the team. I'm hoping Patton making the next coaching hire will change things. But there's always the chance he was brought in to stick to that philosophy as well. It's so hard to even care about the games anymore. Wow. Five minutes into the first quarter, it feels like a loss already. Uh-oh, I lost my spot. Oh, I'd rather spend my Sundays playing Madden or fixing something around the house. It's the same show on repeat for six years. Uh, the play-in won't work without a legendary defense and a Hall of Fame quarterback at the helm. Sorry for the long comment. Good chance the last one for a while, not planning. Uh-oh. My phone just died. Oh, okay. Well, there, there you go. <laughs> it was compl- It was at like 40%. I don't know what happened. <laughs> well, I mean, Ryan... I mean, I understand playing Madden, but doing house projects? <laughs> Come on. That is just a, a, a punch to the gut. Uh, but Orange Crushing It, I agree. And, and we've kind of been on this train for a while now of you guys got to get off this defense thing. And sure, you want a good defense. You want a capable defense. But a defense to carry you to the playoffs year in and year out, that's going to happen occasionally, like it did with the Broncos. You also had Peyton Manning on that team. I know he wasn't good, but that leadership is something that is special. And also the talent that he had on offense was good. Uh, but defense <laughs> will take you far occasionally. A good quarterback's going to take you there all the time and get you there. Patrick Mahomes will take this bad Kansas City Chiefs defense to the playoffs this year. Now, maybe it cost them a division title, for having such a bad defense, but he's going to get them there. There's there's no question about that in my mind. And I don't think anyone would pass up on the opportunity to have a franchise quarterback, Ryan. But you don't get a franchise quarterback by trading a sixth-round pick for one or by drafting one in the second round. Yeah. You do it by a huge investment. So everyone agrees with you, Orange Crushing It. Are the Broncos going to be willing to give that huge investment? I absolutely think they should if they find the right guy. Well, and that's the thing here. The best way to succeed in the NFL when you don't have a franchise quarterback is to have a great defense. So the Broncos keep going back to that because they keep not having the guy. Now, they probably should have gone after Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson uh, when they had the opportunity to. They should have, you know, um, made a more aggressive play for some other guys. But every year when it doesn't work out, they have to go back to this philosophy um, or when they don't when they're afraid to pull the trigger and they just keep going back to defense. So 
I, I'm with him. You know, it's not it's not necessarily a championship philosophy on a year in year out basis. Even though it did get them one, it's easy to forget that Peyton Manning was a quarterback of that team. That changes absolutely everything. So, it's they're just caught in a whirlwind right now until they find their uh, their franchise guy. Ryan, my computer's got 10% battery. You want to just fly through these? Well, yeah, let's go, and we'll just make it as far as we can. Teddy's Tuds say, I don't want to feel like the sky is falling, but those oh-so-familiar feelings of mediocrity and apathy are starting to creep in again. This season is showing flashes of seasons past, and good Lord, does it suck. I'm also starting to hope Peyton just blows everything up and starts over from scratch. This coaching staff isn't it, plain and simple, so it's time to move on. My question, though, is this. Say Denver Denver fires everyone and hires a young offensive-minded head coach. Who does Peyton turn to for quarterback? The up-and-coming crop of prospects in college is looking grim. I don't necessarily like the thought of using maybe a high first-round pick on any of them, to be honest. Are we back to talking about A.A. Ron again? <laughs> Six weeks into the season? Oh, Broncos, you are a most cruel mistress. Could you imagine, though, if, let's say they hire Kellen Moore, that's the hot name right now in yeah. terms of in, from the NFL, and then they get Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my like, goodness. It's pretty much a guarantee that yeah. he'll be a success as a head coach. I mean, it's like Matt LaFleur. He, isn't he the youngest or the second youngest guy to 50 career wins? Yeah. Yeah. It's because he had Aaron. It's that simple. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, pretty much regardless, that's going to end up being your best option, right? Without, without a doubt. And then um, you don't have to worry about developing. You don't have to worry about any of that. But if you recall, it was the year of – Mitch Trubisky and Deshaun Watson and no one was I mean Mitch Trubisky was the highest right he was the yep. the highest yep. drafted quarterback in that class no yep. one was really high on that that class no people weren't very high on Deshaun Watson and really a lot of people weren't high on Patrick Mahomes so nope. sometimes it's those classes that surprise you yeah. I don't see it right now um, but you never know you like so, uh, you like the benched Ritter now you mean or, Rattler? Rattler yeah I'm sorry I never liked him I didn't either but I they can't go back to him. And if you're a team, how do you draft a guy that just got benched? No, you don't. You can't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but he's, my I, I, I think he's young. I think he can transfer oh, or stay in school. Oh, is he going to be out? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially OU fans were booing him two weeks ago. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it really but is. He, we got uh, – uh, uh, people got caught up in the whole, like, Lincoln Riley is all – just whoever goes there, they're a success. And he does have a ton of physical tools, so – it just looked like he was going to turn into, right. you know, a Heisman candidate. Right. Yep. It yep. didn't work out. It did certainly did not. Melbourne Broncos says, hi, guys. Rant time. Can someone explain to me how athletes have put their hands out for the multi-million dollar contracts? Need someone else to fire them up if players can't prepare mm. for a game and be absolutely ready to use the skills they are paid for handsomely? They need to be let go. And I'm already dreading the next five years watching Mac and Justin lead teams to playoffs while this top five defense gets beaten regularly. <laughs> Rant over. Great coverage as usually by the DNVR team. Um. It's about leadership, right? Like when you have 53 guys and you need to get them all heading in the same direction, it's up to the leaders of that to get them heading in that direction. So they shouldn't necessarily need, um, they shouldn't necessarily need individually to be riled up for right. the game, but it just, I don't know. Some guys aren't just built that way, you know, like um, Javante Williams He's a calm dude. He's just, like, not built right. to start jumping up and down and punching people and pushing them in the huddle. You just need someone to get that and get a collective energy 
going through the room before you head out onto the field, it does not feel like the Broncos have that. I agree. It, it is on each player to do that themselves, but when you really need it, you need to have someone there. Dan Burke says, hey, guys, so RK fairly made the point that the Broncos were caught between a rock and a hard place with Brandon Staley and not being able to promote him back when he was here, so I don't really hold that against them. If anyone made a mistake with Staley, it was the Bears for letting him take a lateral job with the Broncos. With that in mind, do you think they should get ahead of the curve if they view Zach Azani as highly as we think? they do and consider giving him a big bigger role with the offense maybe not all the way to offensive co-court or offensive coordinator but something like a passing game co-coordinator let me ask you this do you think that they view zach azani in like a big shining light no i don't think so either i don't think so no <laughs> um i think that people fan the fans like him he's young he's fiery um and he's got a good wide receiver group right and like he was the one who brought in Tim Patrick or I don't know if he's the one who brought him in but Tim Patrick became Tim Patrick under Zach Azani Um, but I don't think the Broncos view Zach Azani as like a future NFL head coach I don't think they do he might be I just I don't think that's what they're thinking internally I agree next one from Thick Fangio by the way a lot of people not give knocking the Broncos for the Brandon Staley thing. It's actually a feather in their cap yeah. more than anything else. Yeah. You should have coaches on your coaching yeah. staff that other teams want. It's the first time in a long time that coaches have been plucked from the Broncos. Yes. Yeah. Next one from Thick Fangio wearing a fake nose and glasses so you don't know it's Thick Fangio. <laughs> He says, I knew we were doomed from the moment they responded to a 50-yard touchdown pass with the old not-so-reliable run-run-pass. Don't forget about the delay of game. Oh, that's really true. Yeah, in front of that one. If a mob forms to replace your curvy head coach, I think I saw him go that way. Wow. I don't know what that means. (laughs) I don't either. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, it's kind of weird how the first play of a game can sometimes always preclude terrible events. Oh, boy, did it. Like, when something really bad happens on the first play of the game, you should just know what's going to happen. Seriously. Seriously. Just hit the live line on the other (laughs) side. (laughs) H-Town Broncos says, RK, completely agree with your assessment. At the end of the day, the Broncos are soft. They're a soft football team. Don't know how to respond after getting punched in the mouth. (laughs) They get... They get uh, complained every week on TV. People complain about them every week on TV. It's really embarrassing. We have one of the best teams on paper, yet we're the most sloppy. That's Vic's fault. So much for the, quote, best secondary in the league. Laughing, crying face. What a joke. This team shouldn't have to smash heads before the game to get blood flowing. The coaches should set that motto all week. Uh, I love, or I look at McVay damn near having a stroke each game on the sideline, and I want that so much. Vic is too old and lazy, and now this team is lazy, and we're one of the younger teams. Not good. The season is over. Stick a fork in them. If we can't beat the Steelers, we're in trouble. He used a much different word. Too bad they won't (laughs) fire Vic till the season is over. Whoop-de-doo, Vic. One in September. We can't even care about September come December. Get ready for 11 long more weeks, boys. Sad day. I wasn't expecting this out of the comment <laughs> section today because, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. I just – I knew that people were frustrated. Yeah. I didn't think everyone season was over. season over. Yeah. Um, I will be getting a lot of those next week if they lose to the Raiders. And I'll be more open to it. Yeah. Um, to me right now – I said it when it happened. When they won those three games, just like they were supposed to, they built themselves some yep. goodwill. Build now, cushion. they've used up 
Um, some of it are <laughs> honestly. I always expected them to lose to the Ravens. The loss yesterday used up a lot of cushion, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, because that was a very winnable game, and you went out unmotivated, and you got pushed around, and you didn't have much of a response uh, until the very end when it when it was desperation time. That used up a lot of goodwill, in my opinion. But if they win next week. They're four and two. They turn it around. You know they're that's one and zero in the division. That's a solid sample size to say, hey, we're four and two. Yeah, uh, one and zero in the division. So uh, I, I didn't think I was going to be the one pushing back on the fans going a little too far down that road. But no one's uh, brought up any concerns that I have an issue with. I just think people are in a dark place because they've seen this team for six years now do similar things, and so they're there's it's hard for people to find reasons why those things are going to change all of a sudden next week is the season ryan and if they win they're right back in it these past two weeks don't look good but they're four and two they'll be four and three after the browns game assuming they don't pull off a miracle but they don't need to pull off a miracle if they win next week because then they play taylor heineke and the washington football team you're five and five and three you lose to the cowboys on the road they could still win that game but let's just say they lose it five and four Eagles at home, six, six and, and four, four, headed into the bye, six and four. You still lost to the Ravens. You still lost to the Steelers, but you, it's next week. It, yeah. it, it rides on it. Yeah, I mean, you just have to you have to stay above yep. water, right? Yep, yep. Uh, and right now, they, you know, they've got an anchor around their ankle. They're trying to get it off as fast as they can. And it will be, it'll be locked in if they lose to the Raiders. Yeah, They're I mean, down. I unfortunately – feel the same way yeah yeah next one from welsh bronco 170 we'll see which way this goes he says hi guys another miserable monday what is fangio brought as a head coach do we have an identity regardless of outcome this season it is time for a coaching change peace out he's right though what, what was is vic's Vic? identity or not not vic what was uh vance's identity when it's cold it's tough <laughs> <laughs> his identity was supposed to be leader of men that, is, yes. that doesn't mean yes. anything no um uh, they didn't have an identity then. They don't have an identity now. The death by inches thing is like back it, to bite him. It's just a joke at this point yep. because they lose every game by that type of stuff. Yep. Um. So it's Vic has not been a defensive mastermind. I I wouldn't say the defense is measurably better than it was under Joe Woods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely not better than it was under Wade Phillips. Mm. Joe Woods giving up 47 points yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> With a pretty talented yeah, group. very too. talented group. Scary thing, they've given up a couple 20, 30-point games, 47 yesterday. They've also held teams to six and seven points. So that's going to be what if the Broncos fall into that category. Sometimes there's like I've called it just like the shootout effect before. Yeah, yeah. So just like sometimes. Especially in the fourth quarter. If a team goes like score, 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 it just – all hell yep. breaks loose and it yep. just yeah like the teams are unstoppable yep yep but i mean it's hard to watch justin herbert and not worry yeah seriously deeply yes windy city bronco says on the bright side when jeff bezos comes in and fires the entire coaching staff we can be confident that it can can't get much worse in the meantime fangio needs to stop pretending he's a head coach and go back up to the box and call the defense let munchak run the sidelines on to the faders i like that the faders if i was week. um vic fangio i wouldn't go down without at least trying that mm, throwing yourself up in the booth i mean i've said it since oh. his first day on the job what does he bring to the sideline? 
Uh, man. Re resting bitch face. And and just think about it, too. He could take game management off his clock, or, or, or at least, like, uh, the uh, all the heat for game management off his, off his plate. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, it's unorthodox. Yeah. It, you know, it'll if it doesn't work, you'll get dunked on even harder. But if I'm him, he spent his whole career, he all of his success in his career as a football coach has come from being in the booth. How are you going to go down with your biggest, best opportunity without at least trying that? Maybe that needs to be uh, asked to him. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Pig Tosser 66. He says, DNVR family therapy. Love listening to you guys vocalize everything stewing in my head. But if there are more of these to come, I might have to go online and purchase one of those long couches to lay on while listening to the post-game pod. You guys are spot on. Watching other well-coached teams in other games is very disheartening. The Vic Shermer combo is a turd. Time to flush it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a dark comment section today. Yes. yes, and oh, by the way, last one actually. Ryan says uh, from Oh, by the way, says on one positive viewpoint, the Broncos almost have as many wins as they had all last season. <laughs> the Chiefs already have as many losses as they had last season, including the Super Bowl. That's wow, nuts. That's wild. The Raiders still suck. I'm pretending the Chargers don't exist right now. Chargers <laughs> gonna charge you, right? Maybe. They will. They will. <laughs> I will. Stand. You better hope so. There's nothing I'll stand by longer in my life than the fact that the Chargers will eventually charge her. That doesn't mean that like they're they're gonna screw it up intentional or like uh, by by something that was their own fault. But uh, I just something terrible is gonna happen to the Chargers. I'm telling you, it always does. Man, those 12 wins are looking pretty good for me. What are they right now? Four, Four. and one. Four and one. <laughs> It is looking good you, for you. You better hope for a charger and something that you guys better hope for. A little Green Mountain Dental action. And all you have to do is reach out to them, schedule a cleaning, <laughs> x-ray, and exam, and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. And not only do you get that, but you get great. Uh, you get They treat you like family over there because they are part of our family. They're part of our DNVR family. And so make sure to schedule that cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Get that free Sonicare toothbrush for them and make them your uh, family dentistry. They're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver, and supporting them is supporting us. So that really helps us out. And you'll also get a free Sonicare toothbrush, so check them out over at Green Mountain Dental. All right, it's going to wrap it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Appreciate you guys for tuning in on an audio-only version with true OGs. Uh, we will catch you tomorrow.
Hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.